0: calling this Chains for Change, trading your chains for change. Now, I'm going to challenge a few things that you believe probably this morning, and that's okay. It's healthy. You can go research me. If you want to come sit down with me for three or four hours, I will prove to you that what I'm saying is what scripture is saying. But it will challenge you a little bit, maybe. Maybe some of you will set you free. I hope it does, because it really did me. But I want you to, before we dive into this, who's ever heard the story of the prodigal son? This story I've heard my whole life. I'm really slobbering today. This story I have heard my whole life. Quite literally, probably a thousand times. I've heard it via cartoon and children's church. I've heard it from from my dad. I've heard it from other teachers. I mean, there's even literally movies that are just telling this same story in a different way. I've heard this story. But I feel like now I didn't even know this story. Truly. When I, when, I, when I saw this this time, that's what's awesome about the Word of God, guys. We call it the living Word because it doesn't change, but based off of what you're going through and where you're at in life, it depends on your perspective, as Justin said. Uh, maybe you're peering over the shield and nothing looks quite as bad when you're peering over a shield than if you're completely exposed. It just shifts and changes meaning. So I'm going to move through this, uh, as I, I'm going to say as slowly as possible. Because for me, slow is your fast. Uh, And I had a Red Bull this morning, so, yeah. So, (laughs) it gives you wings. That's how I become an angel, uh, because my wife doesn't think I am any other way. So let's do this, all right? The first statement I'm going to make is a bold one. Sin is not an action. It's a state of being. If you were here on Easter, we discussed this. If you were here leading all the way up to this, we've discussed this in quite length and detail. And you say, well, there's bad things you do. Wipe all of everything you think you know, and sin is a state of being in which you are in, no different than righteousness is a position that you hold with God. Righteousness means to be in right standing with God, and it is not a thing you do that defines this. It's a state of being in which you are in. For instance, Justin made this statement. We were driving in the car today to come to church, and he said, yeah, I am, I don't remember what his title is, but Mr. Banker is what I call him. Uh, or master banker now that he has his masters, but he works at Bank of America and has a position there. But he has no authority here, does he? That's his position, he's not authority here because he's not within the realm in which he has authority. But that is not his state of being, it's the position in which he holds. His state of being maybe is happy, maybe is sad, maybe is this, right? There's all different states of being. Sin is a state of being. I'm going to prove this to you. Just, I'm going to go through these scriptures really quickly and then dive into the story. And you're going to understand this similarity here. It's amazing. Blew my ever-loving mind. Okay? Yes, ever-loving mind. All right, Romans 3, 23. Let's stick it up there. Here's what it says. It says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Who's ever heard the scripture? So everybody look at you and say, Hey, came up a little short. Look at somebody's sign and say, I came up a little short. Honey, you're all alone. You really must have upset people last week. <laughs> but Jonathan, where's my scripture, man? All right, I've got it right here. But all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, I've got to give you a couple little quick things this will carry throughout everything you ever read in scripture. Scripture was not in English. Everybody aware of that? It was not written in English. It's been translated several times. It's actually written in multiple languages, primarily two, Hebrew and Greek. Basically, everything in the New Testament's Greek, everything in the Old Testament's Hebrew. There are some dialect changes and things, but I'm no scholar. If you know more about that, fantastic. Let's make a YouTube video together and post it. But Old Testament is in Hebrew, New Testament, in Greek. So when we read it sometimes, we read these words, like, for instance, who's ever heard there's three types of love in the Bible, right? But we only have one word for it. It's called love. But in the Bible, there's actually more than three words for love, but there's three core words for love. There's agape love, which is everybody calls sloppy agape, meaning no conditions in love, right? And then you have philos love. You have these different types. Well, these words are Greek words that have a deeper meaning, and we need to understand that about scripture because when we read it, sometimes we take something at face value and we think this is what it says, and yeah, maybe that's the overarching, but it's like the detailed storyline like Game of Thrones. I mean, it's like deep stuff. Like the Bible is more Game of Thrones than Game of Thrones is, uh, Except for the White Walkers. Well, I don't know. Maybe Revelations does kind of have that. Uh, So let's look at this real quick. For all have sinned. This word sinned here. It's a super interesting word. Do you know what it means? It means to miss the mark. To not have a share in. And if you're here on Easter Sunday, we talked about Eden, the original place that we were created. And that was... If anybody remembers this, I'm going to quote it. The spot for the moment where the presence of God was an open door. That's where we were created. We were created in this environment in which God's presence was literally with us. We could walk and talk with Him. And then we lost it because of this thing right here called sin, which means we missed the mark. It wasn't an action in which we did, it was a state of being that we put ourselves in. And we looked at it in Genesis. Am I going too fast? I'm seeing a little bit of head swirling. We looked at it in Genesis. (laughs) And in Genesis, it showed us that as soon as that happened, what we commonly refer to as the fall of man, as soon as that happened, God says, I can't let you partake of the tree of life because of the condition in which you're in, I need to change it. That's where Jesus comes into play. Jesus came to do what? Seek and to save that which was lost. What was lost was our ability to be in the presence of God and communicate with him because we were no longer having a share in that or we missed that mark. Okay. So that's what sin means. Now listen, I'm not an archer. I am not Hunger Games style. But if I was, I would not hit the mark, probably ever. I probably, right now, I tried to do a pull-up the other day, and I couldn't even do a pull-up. So I probably couldn't even hit that mark. But when you miss the mark, do you just give up? I'm oh so horrible, I'm never going to get this. Imagine you were learning your ABCs, and you messed up one time, and it was like, failure, like that's, that's your first day at school, you send your kids off to kindergarten this time, and they go, and it's like, if you don't get it right the first time, you're out, imagine that, how successful would that be, sin is simply to miss the mark, now you say, but that seems like an action, because you missed the mark as an action, I'm going to show you something, but let's look at this word glory right here, this word glory, there's several different words for it in scripture, but this one in particular, and I'm not going to try to pronounce all these Greek words, because I'm from Red Oak, and I have a Red Oak education which means I barely know English, okay? So, glory here, though, this word glory means this right here. It means the view, uh, this is kind of Jared's version, but it actually means a, a perception or expectation that God has for you. So it's the view that God has of you. It's the potential, the full potential that he created you with. That's what the word glory means right here. It means, there's, there's all kinds of words. There's, there's one called Shekinah glory. There's all these different ones. But this one right here actually means the way that God sees you and the potential that he put in you. Every gift, every calling, everything in the natural and in the spiritual. All this scripture is saying is everyone misses the mark of what God has fully intended for you. And it's okay. Because that's what Jesus, okay. That's what Jesus came to do was to say, hey, I got this. I'm going to show you. It's so cool. James 417 right here it says this James 4:17 says therefore to for him who knows to do good and does it not to him it is sin I believe this scripture right here was trying to show us something huge huge it's going to be huge I don't know why I keep making that joke I probably should stop uh, we're gonna get like banned from YouTube uh, <laughs> to him that knows to do good and do it and does it not to him it is sin okay now I believe this is trying to show us the actional difference. It's not actions, it's a state of being. Because let me ask you this, who's ever been driving down the road and seen someone broke down? All of you drive, so raise your hand. If you have not seen that, I'm taking your route. Because everybody's broke down all the time. You go and you see someone broke down. Is it good to stop and help them? But you didn't do it. You're saying, ah, you're going to hell. No, Taryn and I were driving down, about to to get off a 20. And we were going, and there was these, this, this couple, I assume, and I mean, I was like, should we stop and break that up? Like, they looked like somebody was about to get knocked out. We didn't stop, because I was scared. Uh, Taryn wasn't, but I was. No, we didn't stop. Does that mean we've, we've now fallen short of all the glory and everything, and we have no part in it anymore? No, I believe this scripture is trying to show us good. It's actually a, a derivative word of the word gospel, meaning good news. So if if you know to do good, do something that's good, and you don't do it, it's sin. Or that means you miss the mark. So this is showing us just don't worry about the actions, get in the right state of being. I'm gonna show this to you. I know a lot of you are like, wait, wait, wait. Does that mean I can do whatever you want? Sure, Paul said it this way all things are permissible but not expedient. My children can stick their finger in a light socket. They have that ability. It is not wise. They probably will only do it once. If they do it more than once, you need to take your kids to see somebody. But this is trying to show us this. Now, let's look at this. Acts 2.38. This is kind of a, a core one to understand here. Acts 2.38, right here. Then Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin. Some of them say sins. It's actually the core is a singular word meaning sin. Okay, And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let's break this down real quick. And Peter said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin. And you will receive this gift called the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, whichever way you want to you phrase it. Okay? First word we need to break down is this word repent. This word repent is a word that, that we take And I always think of Braveheart, I don't know why, I love the movie, maybe that's why. But I think of at the end when they're like, like stretching him out, I'm not going to get too graphic with it, but like they're doing a lot of really bad stuff to him. They're knowing to do good and doing it not. And they're like stretching this dude out and all that, and they're saying, claim mercy and stop, and and, and like basically repent for what you did against the crown, because the word repent means to change your mind. It literally means, I'm sorry Is this, hey, you caught me. Okay? My kids are sorry a lot. That came out wrong. Uh, <laughs> they say sorry a lot because it's more that they got caught. Repentance is, I am headed this way, and then I say, nope, I'm going to go right back this way. I, I don't like scary movies or anything of that nature. So if I'm ever watching something and a preview comes on, I am almost 30 years old, guys, and I will shut my eyes or walk out of the room. Matter of fact, I was watching Game of Thrones and it was a really intense, scary part. It's like, I had to go to the bathroom, but I could have held it. I was like, I'm going to the restroom. i got to go right now because I, I changed my mind to the viewing that I was experiencing because I said, I don't want that. I don't want part in that. What was sin? Sin was to not have a Sharon. I was saying, I am sinning against Game of Thrones. I do not want to see whatever's about to happen. I want to be over here. Okay, Are you seeing this? So that's what repent means, to change your mind. So Paul says, hey, change your mind. Change it and be baptized. Now, we did a whole teaching on baptism. And I'm not going to get into that because otherwise we'll be here for a while. But And be baptized or lay down the flesh, as Kathy said, John 3 and verse 30 says what? He must increase, but I must decrease. So baptized, we're saying we're laying down the old man and picking up a new one because I don't want that. I want share in part in what God has for me or his glory, his full potential of what I am. I want that. So I change my mind. Okay, I turn around. I do a different thing. Okay, So he's saying do this in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin. Okay? For the remission of what? What does remission mean? It means to take it away completely. We use a lot of other scriptures about God throws it as far as the east is from the west. How far is east from west? If you keep going east, you will always go east. You have to what? Change your direction and change your mind to start going west. Okay? So remission of sin. What is sin? To miss the mark, to not have a share in. So basically Jesus came to say you now have a share in. A share in what? In the presence of God. And I'm going to show you something. A share in that full armor of God we talked about. That's what you have a share in. Now, for the remission of sin, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. Now, we're not going to get on exactly all the details of this because there's a whole lot to that. But what that literally means, if we can just put it in in the International Jared version, which is my version, is you will now receive this gift to have the presence of God, the ability to have it with you every moment of every day breathing it can always be with you it can be speaking to you It can be helping lead guide and direct you in every aspect of your life it's a gift though there's an interesting thing about gifts you don't have to receive it now a lot of people read this and think speaking in tongues only that is a portion of the gift it's just a small small little small small little piece of it there's so so much more to it than just that but he's saying listen repent change your mind and and lay down the old man pick up a new one and then all of that missing the mark doesn't matter anymore. That state of being in which you were in, that back in Genesis, God said, I got to save you from. So he sent Christ to do all of that. He's saying all you got to do is just change your mind. OK, now, that's what repent means. So now let's look at the story of the prodigal son. You're going to be like, what? How are we going to the prodigal son? Maybe he's like, oh, yeah, because he messed up. I'm going to show you like I'm telling you, if someone doesn't clap, I'm going to be offended. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Dude, guys, I just got to say this. This is Jesus talking, by the way. Jesus is telling this parable. He basically spoke in metaphors, allegory type things. Everything he said had a deeper meaning. He wasn't just telling stories. It wasn't like story time with Jesus and everybody came. There was a meaning behind this. There was a spiritual time, the spiritual thing that he was trying to convey in a way that they understood. No, no different than when we talk about, oh, when you're driving down the road cars. Why? It's something we understand, right? So that's how Jesus spoke, and Jesus is telling several stories. He tells one right before this about the sheep and, and the shepherd that would leave the 99 to go find the one, and then he talks about a, a woman who, who had all these pieces of silver, and she lost one, right? So, like, imagine you lose a $100 bill, you're just going to be like, eh, it's gone. No, you're going to find that $100 bill. And if you don't tell me about where you lost it, I'll go find it for you. Uh, but possession is nine-tenths of the law, so— I don't have money laying around my house, guys, trust me. Uh, <laughs> Jesus isn't stupid, guys. He's so, so genius. He, he makes, it's just so cool. Watch this, guys, okay? Verse 11, here it goes. Ready? Story of the prodigal son, or prodigal if uh, you read it like, you know, people from Red Oak do. So, the prodigal son, he says, and a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them this is verse 12. I'm just going to kind of read through the story here real quick, guys, and then I'm going to break it down for you. But, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my portion of goods that falls to me. And, uh, and he divided, the father being divided, his living unto them. Verse 13 here says, And after uh, many days the son gathered all together and took his journey to a far country, and there wasted his substance on riotous living. Verse 14 here says, And we had spent all he had. There arose a mighty famine in the land. And he began to want, in verse 15, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent, uh, and he sent unto the fields to feed the swine, or the pigs, right? Uh, swine flu, back in the Bible days too, bro. Uh, so, verse 16, uh, I'm too excited, so when I'm really excited, my brain goes all over the place, guys. It's a little bit of like ADD stuff. Uh, so, and, and, and this is verse 16, he said, and he would faint Uh, 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 And he he would feign, sorry, to fill his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. um, And no man gave unto him. Verse 17 right here. Flips page. Uh, And when he came to himself, he said, uh, Many hired servants and my fathers have a bread enough to eat and to spare. And I said here perish with hunger. Verse 18. I will arise and go to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. And before thee, verse 19, and I am no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. Now I'm going to stop right here because the story continues on, and we're going to read the rest of the story. But I kind of, kind of feel like I kind of give you the cliff notes now of what just happened. There's two sons, younger one and an older one. We don't know their ages. The Bible doesn't really say uh, because this is a story that Jesus made up to help explain something. So the younger one comes to his dad and says, Hey. I want my portion, my inheritance. I want what belongs to me. I want it to go do whatever I want to do with it. Now, I imagine that the father probably is like, all right, here you go. I bet he's like, are you sure? Like, I mean, I'll give it to you, but are you sure that's what you want to do? He's like, yeah, totally. I got this. So he goes. It says after a few days. So he gets everything together. and says, peace. I'm out. Like, my, uh, like Dustin dropping the mic. Done. He's gone. And he goes off to a far country. He goes somewhere else. We don't really know where this was in Jesus' mind. Maybe it was Middle Earth. Who knows? But they go, he goes to this other country. And when he goes out to this other country, he lives, a, a, a says, a riotous living. We're going to break these words down because it's going to show you something huge. So he breaks it down. Uh, he, he goes and, 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 and he, he gets so to a point. There comes this great famine. Says he says he's in want. He gets such to a point that he is out feeding the pigs, and he's so hungry that what they're feeding the pigs looks appetizing. Has anybody ever seen pig slop? It doesn't even smell good, much less, like, look good and then taste. Good God, I'm happy my wife can cook. He's such at a point of hunger and desire that he says, this looks appetizing, and then it says he came to himself, which maybe was his version of an out-of-body experience, and he was like, self, this is dumb. Because even the servants, the people who are hired to, to, to serve at my father's house, have bread and extra as a serve, servant. He said, and, and, I, and I've sent, I'm going to go to my dad and tell him, listen, I screwed up. He's going to take humility here. I want you to see this underlying tone. And say, I screwed up against you, against everything. He said, just make me a servant. Just pay me to come back home just so I can eat. He said, that's what I'm going to do. So he tells himself, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go do this. And then in verse 20 right here, he says, so he arose. So he did this. He arose and went to his father. But yet when he was a great ways off, the father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And verse 21 right here, it says, and the son said to him, father. So he did what he said he was going to do. He says, father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Verse 22, he says right here. But the father said to the servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, get the ring and put it on his hand, and the shoes for his feet. In verse twenty-three, it says, And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be married. for my son was dead and now is alive again. This is verse twenty-four, sorry. Uh, and he was lost and now is found, and they began to be merry. Verse twenty five. He said, And the elder son was out in the field working, doing his thing. And as he came and drew close to the house, he heard music and dancing. Verse 26, he said, and he called to one of the servants and asked, what up, bro? What's the meaning of all this? So in verse 27, y'all like the international Jared version? I do too. Uh, It makes more sense to me. I can read the these and nows if you would like. Uh, (laughs) So in verse 27, it says, and he said to them, he said, your brothers come home. And your father's killed the fatted calf. Now, there's a whole thing about the fatted calf. This was like a super special occasion. This is like when you go get the like tenderloin and you cut it up and make like two-inch thick steaks. Like that would be the closest thing we've got to it, right? It's not like, hey, we made chicken voila tonight because your brother came home. It's like we went all out, okay? It's a little bit of an inside joke because my mom made a lot of chicken voila um, when we were younger. <laughs> uh, so, oh. so he killed, killed, the killed the fatted calf, calf. verse 27, he said, because... We've received him safe and sound. This verse 28. He said, and he was angry. The older brother was angry. And he wouldn't go in. Therefore, the father came out to him. Verse 27, or 29, sorry. And he answered his father saying, Oh, these many years have I served you, and neither have I transgressed at any time your commandments. And you never gave me a kid. The word kid here is a goat. Like you never so much as gave me a goat. A little goat, like, hey, we just want some goat fillets, goat meat. I don't know if that tastes good or not. Uh, I like beef. That I may be married with my friends. Like, you never threw me a party, and I've been here, and I've been doing what you said to do. Verse 30, you like how oh, I got really high-pitched there? Uh, <laughs> verse 30, but as soon as this, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but as soon as this, thy son was come, hath devoured thy living on harlot. So this is, he's, he's saying, hey, dude, my brother, like, Totally spent your money. I mean, and if you want to be, there's no kids in here, right? Uh, Caleb, close your ears real quick. On Harlots, straight up hiring hookers. He was on Harry Hines. He's like, this is what he was doing, and you're throwing him a party. And you killed for him, the fatted calf. You took all the beef. It was Wendy's. Where's the beef? Verse 31. Uh, pop culture, guys, come on. Uh, verse 31. I've been watching a show that has too many pop culture references. That's what it is. Uh, verse 31. And he said unto him, Son. You are ever with me, and all that I have is yours. Verse 32 right here. It was necessary, some some of them say uh, meat, I think is the word that's actually used there, that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and alive again and was lost and now is found. There's that whole story. Now I'm going to break down a few core words to you. Everybody know this story now in detail. So basically, son comes home. Father is, like, totally elated. There's a few key things in Jesus' story. He paints a really good picture. She's a great storyteller. He's like, hey, I'm going to let you know, this dude's been gone for years. Because that's why the older brother says, all these years, I've been doing what you asked for years. This guy's gone. That's why it says he he was dead and now alive. Because, I mean, let's just imagine that I just disappear tomorrow. I'm like, deuces, I'm out. And you don't hear from me. For years, at some point, I would hope my parents start to wonder where I'm at. I mean, it may take them a year or so because they're like, "Oh my gosh, life is so much better because now Jared's not talking so much at me and you know all this kind of stuff." And I don't get these really high. They may it may take them a little while, but at some point, and hopefully my brother, maybe two years for him, you know, at some point they're like, "This dude's like dead. He he rolled off in a ditch. So, like we don't know what happened to him. He's dead or alive, but no, or he was lost something." But so he comes back, and and the father's elated, and the brother comes back, and is like, whoa, when did he get back? I think he was kind of like, I like this only child thing. But (laughs) he's like, when did he come back? And he was ticked off that his dad did all this for his brother that was so bad because he deemed himself higher than his brother. I want you to hear this in the spirit as I'm describing this to you. (laughs) He said, no, I'm not even going to go in. So he basically threw a temper tantrum like a five-year-old and was like, no. I will not even go in. But what's the father do? The father says, wait, 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 this party's not complete without my whole family. I need everybody here. So he goes to him and he starts talking to him and and, then the older brother says, why would you do all this? And he said, don't you understand that you've been with me this whole time and everything I've had this whole time has always been yours. You've always had access to it. You wanted to go kill you a goat, kill you the goat. If you want to go kill you a calf, kill you a calf. It was yours. You could have done whatever you wanted, but you didn't. That ain't on me, bro. It's on you. That's kind of how I think he taught. He's like, It was all yours. You had access to it this whole time. You just chose not to. And your brother came back. And now that he's back, we're a family again. Shields up! (laughs) We're together again. We're together again. Sing and praise. Sorry. That's the whole song. That's that's what happened. So then it says, It was necessary that we do this. I love that. It was necessary. Now, is everybody okay? I know I'm talking a little bit. I don't even know how long I've been talking. So check this out. This is where it starts to blow your mind. Because right now I told you a story that you know. But now we're about to inception this thing. And we're going to go into an, a whole nother level. H-N-L. Whole nother level. Here it goes. This first word that I want to point out is in verse 12. This is where it gets good, guys. Whew. Gotta take a breath before I go. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my portion of goods that is fall to me. And he divided his living amongst them. Do You know what this word portion means? So crazy. This portion means destiny. That's actually the root meaning of this is destiny. It does mean portion of something that was allotted to you, kind of like almost glory. Hmm. Kind of like this thing of this, this portion that God has, has provided for you and said, this is what I want for you because that's what the father wanted for his sons, was their inheritance. And he said, now give it to me. I want my destiny in my hands. Give it to me so I can go do whatever I wanna do with it. I hope y'all are hearing this. The, 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 The older one maybe didn't say anything, but maybe he just thought he was all too good. I don't know, but the younger one was like, I can do better than this. Give me my destiny. Give me my life and let me go do what I want with it. That's what that word means. Destiny, go look it up. Crazy, right? It gets better. Verse 13, this right here. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all that he had together and took a journey to a far country. And there he wasted his substance with riotous living. This sounds very King James-y and not really what we would understand. But let me break down these words for you. The first one means journey, the journey to a uh, far country. The word journey there means into foreign things. Things he's not familiar with. Things that he was not intended to be in. He was raised in this certain way, in this certain environment, maybe a spot for the moment where his presence was an open door to the Father and everything he had for him. And he went to a thing that was foreign that he didn't know. He wasn't intended to be there. It was like a fish out of water. He didn't know what was happening. So he went to this this foreign place. (coughs) Sorry. And the word wasted his substance. You know what the word substance here is? That same word I just read to you, portion. It's the same word he translated it slightly differently but his it's his, his substance the thing that he had which was his life which was his destiny says he wasted his destiny on this in this foreign place that he didn't understand because it wasn't where he was intended to be he was intended to be over here he went over here y'all seeing this this is painting a whole new picture for me again and i've read this like 30 times in the last like four hours well i guess whatever three o'clock was uh, Check this out. This word, riotous, it's not a word we even use uh, in our day and age anymore. But the root meaning of this means desolate or empty. Desolate or empty. This is the next one. This word, this is, I love this one, because it's the word living. On a riotous living or an empty living. But this word living has an even deeper meaning than just the word living. What do we do? We say we work to make a living. But do you know what this word living means? It means a quick life. Fast life. Let's break that down now and insert these understandings of these words. Here's what it says. It says, and after a few days, the younger gathered all he had together, and he took his journey to a far country. So he went to this foreign place in which he was not intended to be. When he went there, he took his destiny. Everything that he was intended for, the gifts, everything his father had given him, and he, he wasted it. What did he do? He wasted it on empty, quick living. Vain, quick living fast-paced, busy living, he said, all of a sudden, the things that he was intended that were supposed to carry him throughout the rest of his life, it went so fast. And he said, where, where, where did it all go? Because I've been living at daddy's house, and it was lasting us like crazy. But because he went into this foreign place in which he was not intended, this state of being that he was not made for over here, when he did that, all of a sudden, it all came to naught. Now, there's several other scriptures that talk about that God will rebuke the devourer and things like that. We're not going to go into all of that. But that's what happened. It says it started being devoured. It became quick, fast-paced. Anybody say, hey, life's too busy. Who said that in the last probably 24 hours? I say it like every few minutes because I just feel like it is. It's like, oh, got to do that too, got to do that too. Got to go eat on a plane, got to go do that too. Busy, 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 busy. Why? Because maybe some of us, maybe you're on, you're on either side of this story this morning, by the way. You're either the young one or the old one. <laughs> And both of them did what? Let's use that, that nasty word in church that we don't like to use anymore. We both sinned. The old one sinned because he missed the mark at the end. The younger one sinned because he, he missed the mark at the beginning. But guess what? At the end, the father said, Shields up, but we're together. I got you. I want you to see something here as we continue on, okay? Verse 14 is, is the, kind of the climax, and then we can breeze through the rest of this. I hope you all are seeing this. Verse 14. And when he had spent all he had, there arose a mighty famine in the land. And he began to be in want. I'm gonna try. This is powerful, guys. I'm gonna try to keep it together. And not because I'm gonna like be super excited and yell and scream, but I may break down and cry right here because this is huge. And that was not a joke towards Donald Trump. And he spent, you know what this word spent means? To stand in the charges and account. He looked at all the accounts and stood at all the charges. I kind of look at it like this. That dude was a millennial with a debit card or a credit card with no limit. He was just like, swipe, 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 swipe. He was at North Park Mall like, oh, I've never heard of this store called Black and White. I don't even know what that store sells. i just, when I was there working there, I saw that store. I didn't see anything in it. I have no clue what they sold. But maybe he went to Louis Vuitton. He was like, oh, $3,000. <coughs> well, I guess. But that works in today's age. I don't know. Uh, so he goes and buys. He's just like swiping. And then at the end, it says, when he spent it all, when he stood in front of the charges in which he had to account for. Are y'all seeing this? This is huge. When he stood there, it says, there arose a mighty famine. The word famine means an emptiness to it, a hunger. He says, I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Just make me a hired servant. Don't you know on the way back road, I have no clue where this foreign country was and how far away Jesus was kind of portraying it to be. But walking takes a while. Uh, <laughs> even if he had a chariot, it's taking a little bit. By- it ain't like, hey, I jumped on I-30 when I got home. No. Or 35, whatever road that is. So he's walking. Don't you know every step he took, he said, ah, I, sh- I shouldn't go back. Like, I, don't- I don't want dad to see me like this he was nasty. I was actually going to do it. I was going to put grease all over me and everything like that, but I was like, way too handsome to do that too. Uh, I was going to show you guys like I'm just, he's nasty, disgusting. He didn't take a shower. He was just with the pigs. He's nasty. And don't you know, I got to imagine this dude was like walking. He's like, nah, I I can't let dad see me like this. What about my brother? Like, ah, he can't see me. I don't even know where mama was and all this. Don't you know, he was battling it all the way there, but he kept saying, no. I've got to have that destiny over my destiny. I've got to have that. This is cool to me. Verse 20, I know I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. guys. He arose and went to his father's house. So basically he told himself he's going to do this. He starts walking there. He's overcoming whatever battles he's coming against. I believe it's because he had a little bit of faith that at least my father will accept the servanthood. At least he'll accept my servant. I don't care if I get all that. I just want to survive and be a servant. He arose and went to his father, but the father came running to him before he even gets there. This is years later. Years later. The father's still saying, I don't know if you're alive, if you're dead, but I'm still looking. I won't stop looking. Looking. So the father says he, was, he, he had compassion. You know, I love this definition of compassion, compressed passion. Take passion, compress it down, and put some more in there. He was, he was overwhelmed with it that he saw his son. You ever been to the airport, seen somebody you haven't seen in a couple weeks? Imagine that on a way grander scale. And he says, I'm going to run to him. He runs to him, falls on that, kisses him. He's loving on him. And he, then the son says, I got my speech rehearsed. Let me get through it. I don't want to choke up. I don't want to ugly cry. So he says, let me say my stuff. I think the father was already like, shut up. I'm just glad you're home. But I don't know. In 21, he says, and he came, he said, father, I've sinned, or I've missed the mark against heaven, against everything, against you. I'm not worthy to be called your son. I'm going to read a couple of little things that I had here. He felt unworthy to reclaim his destiny as a son. So he said, don't even just give me that. Just give me the littlest bit. Just let me survive. Oh, this is huge. But he did understand he needs the presence of the father. He understood, even though I may not get what I was originally, I don't care. I know I at least need the presence of it. I got to be wherever father is, wherever dad is. That's where I got to be. You got to imagine, this dude's rich. You know. I mean, if he's giving out inheritance, he's got hired servants. This dude's rich. All right. And his son is filthy, so he's got like Gucci, Dolce Gabbana, what have you, and he's going up, and he just hugs him. He's like, I don't care. Don't you know the son was like, Dad, don't you see me? Don't you see the state that I'm in? Don't you know he was saying that? God says, no, I don't. Let's, let's, let's replace let's replace the father with God real, real quick. Hey, Caleb, come here. I just like picking on Caleb because he's the youngest one. And I got picked on, but... My son's helping out in the children's. Go ahead and come up here on the stage. <laughs> this is what it's like. I need one other volunteer. Leslie, come on. No one else? Jeez. My whole family's sitting in front of there. I ain't getting up there with you. I don't know what you're about to ask me to do. It's all right. I'm just going to dunk you in there now. You want to be Jesus? I'll be Jesus. All right. You got the longer hair for it. I do. All right. Here's what we got. You're going to be the father. You're going to be Jesus, okay. and I'm going to be the younger son, okay. which that's probably more accurate to me in the story anyways. So here's what we got. The son's coming. He's filthy. He's dirty, right? Here's the father. The father comes running to him. Hug me. I love you, man. And he's hugging on him. And the son's like, don't you see me? Here's what God's saying. No, I don't, because I already did something. I put this dude in the way, and that's all I see. I hope y'all are seeing that. That's why I says his blood covers all because he's looking through a different lens. His perspective, God says, I see the glory, the potential that I had for you. Even though you stepped over there, this dude already took care of it. Or dudette in this place. Already took care of it. He says, no, so when I'm hugging him, hugger, This is all I see I'm doing. I'm embracing the son. Look, we're loving family here. Loving. <laughs> he says, no, I just see Jesus. <laughs> I don't see you. Okay, thank you, guys. I just had to do that to break up y'all staring at me this whole time. They're much prettier than I. (laughs) He says, I don't see you. I don't see the pig slop, the filth. I don't see the destiny that you were wasting because I got you covered. I already did it. It's already done. So you're back. I don't care. Just get in my presence. And I I believe the son was saying, hey, God, God, can we just replace father with God here real quick? The son was saying, hey. This destiny that you had is so much better than what I have. Can you just show me how to, how to, how to slowly get back to that? How to survive and then to begin to thrive. John 15, 15 says this. This is huge. I no longer call you servant. What? I call you friend or son. I no longer... You're not a servant. You're my son. Galatians 4, 7 says this right here. You are no more a servant but a son. And if a son, then an heir. To God through Christ. What, is, what does that even mean? That means all the stuff that you already done spent. All of it. It's already replenished. It's already back. By the time the son got back. The father had been reworking the fields. And been figuring out a way. And says now I got you a whole new destiny. sitting over here. Just come on back home. Because I just give you a new one. It's alright. Just move in the destiny that I've called you to. John 3.30. He must increase. But I must decrease. Less of my my desires of destiny and more of yours so he comes back to the father I'm going to do one more Romans 6:20 says you're no longer a slave or a servant to sin but now have salvation we just talked about the armor of God where does the armor of God go with the helmet of salvation because why you got to change your mind change it last one right here 22 is but the father said to his servants bring forth the best robes and then put it on him in the ring and put it on him in the shoes and put it on him This is the armor of God. In this story, right here, Jesus, before the armor of God is even mentioned and written down in scripture, Jesus showing you, in my presence, I can outfit you with something you can't get. In my presence, I will put these things on you. You want to know why you had to have the ring? The ring was very significant. Okay? Because it was authority. The the robe and the ring was the authority that when he was in the presence of the father, the father said, you're not a servant, you're my son. Before he even gets back to the house, the father's like, get it here, put it on him. He's in my authority. He is the heir. You're no longer a slave. You're no longer a servant to doing your old destiny thing. All you got to do is do what? Repent, change your mind, trade the chains. It's not up there, but chains for change. The authority, because then when he walked into the house... They saw the ring, the bling bling. They saw it. They saw the robe, and they were like, Hey, isn't that that other dude that was like here for like the younger son? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, he's got the ring on. we got to do what he says. Some of you wonder why your prayers don't availeth much and stuff like that. It's because the full armor of God, when you were in the presence you were supposed to keep on, you started dragging your feet, putting it down, and now these things that were lying in wait, have you don't have the authority because you weren't in the presence of the father to get outfitted with the armor and you left the armor in the presence and you said I got this and he was like no 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 take the armor I'm not even gonna get into the whole armor thing but this is do you see that this is the armor of God in this story Jesus is brilliant I mean just brilliant He's showing us this whole story of what our lives, thousands of years later, we can look at this and say, that's me, and I need to be in your presence, I don't, I want to change my mind, and I want to put on that armor, I want to have the authority that you've given me, I want to have the destiny that you've given me, but here's what happens, and then they kill the fatted calf and all that stuff, right, because I got a little example I need to show you. The older son here, the older son was the flip side of this story, if you look at it, he was always in the presence. And I think the older son was basically, if I can say, can I say it boldly? Can I be bold? I'm going to. The older son is a picture of religion for us. In the presence, but not partaking of it. Didn't understand what he had access to. He, he was like, Yeah, I got this armor stuff, but I don't need it because I'm protected by God. And he spent all of his time there. How different would the story have been had the brother went and found the other brother? That's a that's question I've got. I mean, I'd be pretty ticked at you, bro, if you didn't come try to find me. (laughs) But I believe this was a picture of what religion does. Because what does he do? He gets upset. Father, God, why do you love that one? Why are you doing all this for that one? Look how bad they were. I was good. Oh, wait, we're comparing. And when you compare, you always belittle something. He starts doing this comparison thing. It's like, but I got it together. I think of a rich young ruler that came to Jesus and said, I've kept all the commandments. He's standing over here saying, this is religion. Saying, no, no, you got to do like I do, dude. Got to do that. Do the do, Mountain Dew. You got to do it like me because I got it together. But God did it. The Father in the story Jesus showed us. The Father, God said, bro, you totally missed it because this whole time you were here you had access to everything I had this whole time access to what Eden the spot for the moment where the presence of God was an open door you had access to it the whole time everything was yours you could have done whatever you want you could have went and found your brother you could have done these these amazing things you had a destiny but you were so concerned and making sure you were better than the next person to saying loving on the next person you were more concerned is my shield more shiny than theirs because mine ain't been beat up Ooh, yeah. and other people coming here dragging the shield saying Stand up! Shields up! And you're like, "But hey, don't scratch mine. This is a picture of what religion does. Religion has no place for what God has for us. Because God doesn't see what we see. There's this old song that by Brandon Heath, I believe. It says, give me your eyes for one second. Just let me see things the way you see it. Because his perspective, as Justin was saying, is so different than ours. We're sitting here squabbling over, they did this, they did this. And, and God's saying, shut up and quit arguing. You're brothers. You ever done that? I never argue with my brother. <laughs> he says, shut up and get your shields up. There's something lying in wait, And in your destiny, you've got to overcome it. But you can only do it together. That's the only way is to get in my presence, see that my power and my authority, and then walk out what I've showed you to do. Don't take it in your own hands. Don't come to the Father and say, give me my portion, God. Let me do it. Say, no, I want your portion. So the last thing I want to show you real quick. And then, yeah, I'm done. We're going to baptize some people. I need one more example. Caleb, you're going to be it again. Come here. This is a picture I saw, and I'm not super spiritual, guys. Are you guys aware of that? Y'all can obviously see I'm all over the place. I hope you got something out of it. I hope it didn't talk too long. But I, I literally, I've only had this happen a handful of times, but this is so weird. It was actually the Saturday night right before Taryn spoke when she said I didn't have anything to say. Y'all have seen that otherwise right now, right? <laughs> that Saturday night, I, I woke up. It was like, uh, I don't know, like 4 or 5 in the morning. I just woke up all of a sudden. It was weird. I woke up. And literally saw exactly what I'm about to do here. Well, it was way cooler in my mind because my mind has no uh, budget, and I just do all these crazy things. It's so fun. Uh, but in reality, this is what we got. Uh, so I, I woke up and saw this like clear as day. It wasn't like a, I dreamed this or whatever. I just woke up and was like, oh, that's what this story means. Literally, I woke up, and this story of the prodigal son and this, this example I'm about to show you, with, and it, it relates to baptism and the presence of God. Just blew my, because av- I woke up, and was like, whoa, what? Just, I, I didn't study this. It was weird. I'm not saying like God spoke to me, I didn't hear no audible voice. I just woke up, and was like, what? So I hope this ministers to you. Now, in my mind, if you were here on, on Easter Sunday, we had all the, the hazmat zone, and all this plastic everywhere. We had lights everywhere, it was really cool. Go check it out on Facebook. We were using it as an example because the Garden of Eden was a protected enclosure where God's presence directly was. That's what the word God means, a protected enclosure. Okay, and if you can imagine right now, The baptism tank was in the middle of Eden. And we had that plastic around. So just imagine a little veil of plastic. Caleb, you're going to hold me back. All right? Let me stand just right here. This is what I saw. I'm going to move this out the way. That's really heavy. Or I'm really weak. This is what I saw. We view sin as an action. Can you pick up those chains real quick? We view sin as an action. Thus we feel like the prodigal son. I'm unworthy. I can't be your son. Jeez, why are you so loud? (laughs) They're what, heavy? So, are you preaching for me? Okay. So, so you feel unworthy when you you think of it as an action. It's how I did something bad, just like the son did. And this is what we've been taught inadvertently sometimes. That's why I said I may mess up some of your theology and it's okay. This is what we think. We think chains are sin because every time I do something bad, I get this chain on me. Put one on this arm. Yeah. Did you organize these chains at all? God. So you put these uh, chains on here. Take the hook. Boom. And we think every time we do something bad, oh, got another chain. I did something bad. Every time. This is what we view our sin as is chains like this. But really what it is is this is our state of being in which we're in because we're telling ourselves we're unworthy. So we want to get to the presence over here. We want to get over here. Don't let me go. Never let go, Jack. All right. So you got to hold this. Thank you. There we go. So you say, all these bad things I've done. So thus I want to get into the presence. Let me go a little bit. Oh, geez. <laughs> I want to... <laughs> I want to get into the presence. If you can imagine some plastic, and you say, "I want to get in. I want to get in." Oh, but I'm unworthy, and I can't. And we think I got to change. And religion comes, and the brother comes to us and says, "Hey, change your state of being before you go see the father. Change it." And you say, "But I want to get in the presence, but I can't. I can't. I've done all these bad things. I'm unworthy. I can't do that." This is what we do every single time. Get ready. I'm about to put them back on. Instead of understanding, every time we think, "Okay, God." I'm coming in here, it's Sunday morning, or it's this or that, and I want to worship you. And we think, oh, no, but I cut that person off on the side of the road. That's a life change. Oh, God, I did that, and I did this, and I want to get in there, God, but I just can't. I'm unworthy. Just let me be a servant. Just let me be a servant. Instead of understanding this is what the Father did, this right here. Now, switch the, flip the script. You're now the Father. Go. My, my father in my picture was much older than this one. So he's the father now. Instead of understanding, this is what happened. In your state of being, all of these chains on you, which are not the things you did, it's just the state of being because you went to a different destiny and you lived a quick life that was unfulfilled and empty, so there becomes weight to it. Depression, sickness, you name it, gets all over you. And you think, God, because of this, I'm unworthy. But what does the father do? Come and hug me again. You get in the presence with the condition, and then what does the father do? What did he do? He took it and said, get the best robes, put it on him. When you're in the presence, then your condition gets changed. You don't have to change your condition before you have access to the father. You don't have to go and say, I got to get my life right before God will speak to me. We treat God like a pouty five-year-old on a playground. You want to know why? This is how we treat God. Now, I'm the father now. You did something I didn't like. I'm not going to play or talk to you anymore. That's what we think God does. We, God does not give you the silent treatment. That is something your wife or husband does. And pray to God your children would do it, but they won't. But that's what we think of God. We think of him, this person over here that's saying, get it right, then you can come over here. Because if you, you didn't do what I, had to, I wanted you to do, so I'm not going to talk to you anymore. So we come into the presence of God, whether it be on a Sunday or in your car or on a Wednesday, whenever it is, and we say, God, I want to, oh, but I'm unworthy because we think sin is the action instead of understanding. It's just the state of being that I was in because I chose my own destiny. But I say, get rid of that destiny. John 3, 30, he must increase, but I must decrease. I get into his presence. When I'm in his presence, all of a sudden, now he starts to change that state of being. He can still speak to you. He can still lead and guide and direct you. And I would challenge you to say that not only can he lead and guide and direct you, then when you're you're (laughs) humble in that moment, he can take those changes, the weights off, the depression off, the sickness off, everything in that moment. But it all takes one thing that the prodigal son understood. I just got to get to the presence first. I don't have to change my condition before I go to the father. I go to the father and he will change my condition. And he never even interacted with religion. The older brother, if you notice that he was already partying. He's already having a good time. I bet he was like, Hey, where's Justin? That's what I say. It's my brother's name. He was saying, where's the brother? Where's my brother? Like we're having a good time. He never interacted with religion. That's, and I hope that's, that speaks to you because that's how I saw it. And I saw that's what baptism is a is a version of that. It's that outward expression to say, I just want to be in his presence, in the spirit, and let him change my condition. Not man. Man can't do it. It takes God to say, get in his presence, and he says, Listen, I can change your state of being. I can do something that no God can do something no one else can do. None of us. Thank you, Caleb. I'm done. That's the story of the prodigal son. Guys, I hope, I hope you enjoyed it. I really did. Yeah. I also enjoy talking, so that's why I enjoyed it. No, this, this truly, I, I think it's so impactful to me because I've heard this story so many times and I inadvertently, even Justin, my brother and I were talking about, we we're sitting on the back patio and some of these things we've been going through, we sat there and asked ourselves, did I do something wrong for this to happen? And my wife, who sounds like the Holy Spirit a lot, says, I'm kidding, but she seems to be smarter than I am. She said, but that's religion. Said it clear as day, we were just sitting on the back patio, and she said, because she, she, she didn't have to go be raised in church. It's almost like have to. Like, there's good and bad with it, right? There's all this stuff. But, I was, but we were struggling with, like, did we do something? We were putting the chains back on instead of saying, no, no, no. I just, I, all I got to do is change my mind. That's why it's called the helmet of salvation. You receive salvation, change your mind and say, no, God is not the five-year-old pouting on the playground. God, I get there, he'll change my, my condition. That's. What I what I saw, and we don't have to struggle with that. We don't have to feel unworthy. It's not the action that you do. Now everybody sets and says, it's my last little wrap-up thing. Everybody says and says, Well, there are bad things and sins. Sin of the world. In John, it says that he came to remission of sin. All of it, past, present, future. Why? Because it's a condition. It's not the actions that you do. Now, this condition in which you're in will derive your actions. Don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. If you're in a bad condition, you will begin to propagate things. You are depressed and you don't get into the presence, you will stay depressed, you will get more depressed, you will depress the people around you. If you are sick and you don't go get some help, whether it be from the doctor or from the presence of God, the, 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 the best doctor in the world, if you don't get help, you will stay sick. My wife tells me all the time, I hate going to the doctor. So don't get it twisted that the condition in which you're in doesn't drive necessarily an action. Because I don't care about the action, just change your condition. Just change it. Repent. That's that's what it means. We've made this thing so complicated. and Don't do this. This sin's worse than this sin. He says, no, just repent. Just change your mind and get back every time you do it. Just get back every time. That's why I think I can't make it seven days without repenting. If you can keep it together for more than seven days, fantastic. I probably will screw up before this day's over. Which is why it just says, change your mind, repent constantly. Every time he's like, I don't care about the action, just care about the state of being. So you can partake of the tree of life, which was in Eden or Jesus, which he says, I am the way, the truth and the life.